3: everyone, and welcome back to the Bridgerton post-show recap. Today, we're going to be talking about Bridgerton Season 1, Episode 7, Oceans Apart. I'm Kirsten McKinnis and I'm joined by uh, two two other members of the Dark Walk crew. Sarah and Geneva are here. How are you two doing?
4: Paul! Bang. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, thank you. I'm doing a lot better than uh, the pigeons at the beginning of this episode, I must say.
1: Oh, and that I piano so. too, that piano is probably going through a lot of uh, turmoil at the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. I hope you're
4: better than the piano and
3: the and the dead pigeons, at least. <laughs> good, good lord. I am.
4: Hello I am to, much to, better than that. Hello to everyone from unceded Gadigal land. Uh, I acknowledge that this land was never ceded and sovereignty is retained by the people of the Aora Nation.
3: Hell yeah. Um, But we're not alone. We we are not alone. We, uh, Sasha uh, had uh, was was otherwise engaged and could not join us today, uh, which is very fair considering I uh, missed the last one. But we brought in an amazing fourth to join us and and round out our quartet. Uh, We've kidnapped her from her husband. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh,
2: Angela Bloom is here. Angela, are you? Hey, hey, hey! I'm here, ready to go. So pumped! I'm so excited. The best hour of my life. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's high high standards. Well, yeah. I mean, my son, he just had his tonsils out. So the last oh, baby. four days have been literal hell. Basically, think about Simon, think about Daphne, the turmoil, the angst. That's us oh, yes. with tonsils. Oh, no. And us, Krim. He won't eat it. He won't eat anything. Oh, poor baby. Oh, well, he's two uh, and a half. He has no idea what's happening. That is that is
3: very fair. Um, Angela, so I was hoping that you could give us a little bit of your history on uh, Bridgerton in general, but also just kind of like the Regency romance oh. genre.
2: Oh, mama. <laughs> Buckle in, everyone. <laughs> um, No, the Regency romance genre is quote-unquote my jam uh, and toast at a tea party. Um... I would say this all sort of Jane Austen kicked this off for me. Big Jane Austen fan, big Pride and Prejudice reader, big Brontë sisters reader. Um so was very into that stuff like circa middle school into high school into college into now and um you know all of the productions that have happened. If you give me any sort of adaptation of a Jane Eyre or a, not a Jane Eyre, a Jane Austen, well Jane Eyre too, but a Jane Austen novel, uh, I'll watch it and I'll, I'll watch it many times. I had to buy another Pride and Prejudice DVD when I was in college because the other one, I burnt it out. I burnt it out, baby. Wow. <laughs> so uh, it's deep. It's pretty deep. Um, but I will say that, you know, the Bridgerton side of it, I am a huge fan of, of this type of uh, television programming and then watched the first season and then read every single book after I had seen the first season so I wasn't like a Julia Quinn you know fan Mm -hmm. prior to that but was like okay well I don't see any uh anything on the docket for season two so I need more so I devoured all eight books pretty quickly I'm actually reading one now that is a prequel novel is it the the Rokesby's one yes the Rokesby's one yeah, I, I like you,
3: have have gone back and I've actually gone back and read gone every, <laughs> I've read every Julia Quinn novel pre-Bridgerton.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm getting um, there. I'm getting the first,
3: there. The ones before, uh, the ones that are not related to the Bridgerton extended cinematic universe yeah. uh, are not as good. No, of course not. They're, they're they're, just the, romance the, first, novels. the first few books start very badly. <laughs> she gets her swing. But she gets into it. Can I just ask you, this has come up on the podcast. I don't think it's even been released yet. But have you noticed how obsessed Julia Quinn is with having
2: men, like, suck on women's nipples? Like, she's, like, really obsessed with it. It must be something that she really, really gets off on because I, and this might be TMI, don't care for that. (laughs) Stay away.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I think think that's that's just MI. Forget (laughs) the T. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fine. No, like, um I, yeah, I feel like that is something that she's like, This is how women are aroused. Like this yeah. is it
4: this
2: is how you get there and then you know, that's it. I was, I made what Mike watch the entirety of Bridgerton as well. And he was always like, okay, here comes the steamy, the steamy scenes. And I'm like, you mean the unrealistic steamy scenes? like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, we get, get one
4: in this, this, this yeah. we get one in this episode where I, all I could think was, Oh my God, that must be so uncomfortable. Yeah. No,
2: it defies mm-hmm. logic. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. I do and think physics. And also it's quite fast. It's just like bang, bang, bang. bang.
4: Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I do. She's think on the boil. Yeah. Yeah
2: um I do think it's very
3: funny that you made Mike watch Bridgerton he actually texted me when you started and he was like I just thought you would like to know that I'm watching Bridgerton um but it was the night after he had come back topless on our Instagram live so of course there's nothing that could surprise me from your husband anymore
2: he's an odd duck but um (laughs) yeah I made him watch the whole thing because I was just like I I can't I can't exist in this world without you having seen it (laughs) Scene. <laughs> I was like, who do I can't, I got to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. What did he think of it? He really liked it, actually. I think that it was a slow burn for him because like the first episode is very chatty and it is very who's who and right. all of that. And that's not necessarily his cup of tea. But then as soon as we get into the kind of nuanced drama of it all, um, I also had to sit there and explain to him, like, what's a spoon? what's um, What are courses? Like, what are, you know, like oh all of these terminologies? <laughs> he was just like, oh, I didn't realize that's what they were talking about. I'm like, yeah, she's saying her courses didn't come. She didn't get her period. You know, like all of that. Yeah. I think with yeah. that context, he, you know, he liked it. So. Beautiful. Hopefully he'll watch the next one. But, yes, I'm in it. I'm oh, in it. And I'm ready.
4: Okay. I love it. It's interesting on the rewatch. I mean, I thought well you know I'm re-watching it for, for for this we watched it famously a year ago and did our wonderful uh, two-parter if you want a, a quick snack hop over onto the uh patron feed you can listen to it there you don't have to be a patron so I thought re-watching it would be sort of more of a factual fact-finding mission for me for the podcast but I yeah. have found it surprisingly Deepened uh, and extended my enjoyment of it. Uh, I was more thoughtful. I was almost more invested on this rewatch. Uh, I think because we're doing them one by one and trying to imagine that we're watching them for the first time. I think I've, I'm I'm more affected. I'm more impressed. I mean, I was very impressed before. I liked it very much, but but this rewatch is really paying oh. off in dividends. And I think with a binge
2: watch, you tend to get just, like, really pumped and amped and excited for, like, what's next? What's next? I need the conclusion. I need to know what happens. I need to know how this all works out. Whereas with a rewatch, you know how it works out. So you can kind of, like, watch for more, I guess you could say, like, uh, the little things, like the mm-hmm. like the little tidbits and all of that. And I don't know if you guys have talked about any of, like, the Easter eggs that they put into some of the stuff. I mean, um, but... Yeah, I think that that's, that makes sense to me. I feel the same way. This was my third rewatch of this with Mike.
3: Yeah, I think I think I watched it all, then watched it all when we podcasted about it. And so yeah, this is my third one as well, and I am finding mm-hmm. um, as Sarah said, there's a lot more nuance. Uh, to be found this time like I think I left the first couple times thinking that they really did Daphne dirty and that they really um, mm. take away a lot of her agency that you do read in the book when you actually get like what she's thinking Yeah, she's
2: a little bit more yeah but
3: on this watch I'm seeing more of that like I, I am seeing that they inserted it more especially than especially this thought. episode yeah, yeah
1: this episode definitely, I, think, I think was last kind of
3: episode point. and this episode yeah because mm. um, last episode when she's like figuring out what she did wrong to offend all the the villagers? Uh, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. It shows a lot more into her her thought process. Um, but I guess we should start with this actual episode. Uh, I took us through probably too long of an intro, so I apologize for that. But
2: um, it's okay, I talked for a while, so
3: yeah, not opinion. long we, enough. That's what we I said. Ne- <laughs> we needed your thoughts, and we will get more of them. So it's all good. Um, so the episode starts uh, with Daphne and Simon are just like both very frustrated and angry and like they're truly trying to piss each other off they're acting like children like yeah (laughs) which like to be fair daphne probably is a literal child so yeah
1: no that's
3: Uh, true that is (laughs) that's that's fine
1: she's being Um, herself exactly
3: (laughs) so she is uh, playing the piano like as loudly as she can opens the like window so like he can definitely hear her is playing so furiously but he is shooting uh, is it real pigeons and clay pigeons no no that's
2: the term clay pigeons comes from the fact that they would release and shoot pigeons there's also
3: fake pigeons though
2: that some people shoot now well that's why they shoot pigeons now but Gross. back then, they were real. Ugh. That's why they called he, them clay pigeons.
4: Luckily, he's too <laughs> angry uh, to yeah, shoot all correctly. All the pigeons were, they lived. No, they, they were all fine. They
2: baby pigeons. They lived. They, they, they lived. they
4: all went to a farm, Kirsten. They were <laughs> very, very happy. <laughs>
2: Yeah cuz he didn't shoot a single dang one of them.
4: Yeah. yeah. He kept thinking,
2: like...
1: he kept gl- he was like glaring at her. He's like, Ooh. "What are you doing?" They're yeah. looking at you. I'm just like, "Oh y'all,
4: just talk, please. Come just, on. Just... We've been saying this for 7 episodes, Angela. Yeah. Please just talk yeah. to each other. But of course, then it's a half how. hour. You know, it's a half-hour episode. I wondered very much, and this is something I don't think, again, that struck me because of the rewatch, is after the really difficult episode six, which has actually yeah. lived with me, uh, you know, in the time in between, more so mm-hmm. than it did the first time, I'm still sort of puzzling over it. I'm not puzzled by it, but I'm worrying at it in my little mind. Reeling from it. <laughs> and I wonder if because of that episode, this episode, while they're angry and frustrated with each other, it has a comical uh, tone to it and mm-hmm. I think that the creators I think knew dental, that they had yeah. that yeah absolutely they knew they had this sort of knotty uh, uh, problem in in episode six and so they start episode seven with very real uh, emotions from these two but displayed in an extremely comical way and it's so well done by uh, by everybody involved.
2: And I also love Rose in the background of the scene, just sort of staring there, like doing some needlepoint, like, it's what's
1: going happening? On.
2: <laughs> I, um, my job is hard. <laughs> I, I really do
3: like, though, um, any sort of Regency content where like the husband and wife are in a, in a fight of some kind. I read one recently that was called, um, To Have and To Hoax. It was very funny. And the, the wife is, worried that her husband like doesn't care about her enough so she fakes having consumption to try and like get him <laughs> no. to... that would be
2: what you do back then she, yeah she's
3: like faking like she hires an actor to play a doctor to diagnose her so that like
2: he'll like care love again it. and then she he figures out level. what's
3: going on and so like he she doesn't know that he knows and it's very funny so that that reminded this part reminded me <laughs> of that book which i deeply enjoyed last year it's like so. that
2: level level of like not only like pettiness but also stupidity because like that's not possible. So like both of them are super dumb because yeah. nobody knows that like that you can't fake consumption. Like there's very clear indications. And like she paid an actor like to be a doctor. Like how you can't get rid of a baby with some tea, you know. So unfortunately for for some, <sighs> uh, fortunately for others. Oh rough stuff. Rough yeah. stuff.
3: Not yeah. That was that. That was definitely the most difficult part yes. of this. Hard to watch. Um episode. Uh, but Daphne and Simon are still, yeah, they're they're fighting. They're upset. Um, Daphne is saying, the honeymoon is over, baby. I want my own room. And Simon will not allow it, not because he wants to sleep with her, but because he does not trust her to tell him the truth about if she gets her period or not, which is he wild. He wants
1: to monitor, watch her like a hawk until he knows, because then yeah. that's going to tell him what he's going to do. Is he going to support her? Or are they just going to? You know, like levels of toxic
2: masculinity here too. like I need to be observing like that's not what a husband and wife do like they like he needs to be like on top of her like all the time. Which Yeah, the
1: scene was crazy, too, because it's like they're literally talking through the the servants and the staff (laughs) and I'm just like those poor people. <laughs> They're like, um, and, and it's this... like, this is one servant's like, should I actually deliver this message? Because you're standing I... right there. Should... She's right yeah. there. Like, She's it's right literally, there.
3: It's literally like, uh, can you please tell the Duchess? Oh, can you tell the, dude? Like, stop it. Don't you, these people are already going through enough having to be <laughs> servants. Like, don't do this to them. <laughs> they are probably so guys...
1: confused. They're probably like, literally like, like, weren't you guys just
2: fucking in the library? Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just doing that.
3: They're like, We were listening at the door. We heard everything. And now you're fighting. We don't understand. Although, I will say
2: the trend, whatever standard of there being separate bedrooms, love it. Live for it. Yeah. Yeah. Need it in my life. Like, we will come together when we come together. But give me a big, giant queen, king size bed just with my dogs. Like, I love that. I also just like that she has her she could have her own space like she should be allowed to have her own space like, even if you guys sleep in the beds it's bed every night like you know you have your own space that's kind of like keep your stuff there and you no, know. I, I I think it's nice I think it's like especially in that day and age where you're literally around each other all the time yeah. it might be nice to have a bit of a um respite.
3: I like the idea
2: of your own space,
3: but I'm like a demon, and if I don't get cuddled enough i'll die oh so i'm the opposite mm-hmm. i don't yeah don't I touch can't. me <laughs> i'm the exact opposite of that um <laughs> but uh at, at the at this time uh i guess it's the perfect time uh daphne receives a message about the colin marina scandal going on in london oh and she has to go home
2: so, have you guys discussed anything to do with the novels versus the show? At oh this point? yeah, we'll
3: bring we'll bring it up at any time. Feel please feel mm-hmm. free. So,
2: talk to me a little bit about your feelings about Marina.
3: <laughs> so i I do find it a very odd insertion into the series. Yeah, but I think they had to do something to bring in kind of the rest of the family. Yeah, uh, because the books are all quite standalone. Like once you yeah, they truly are. Like once you read one of them, like Daphne doesn't really pop up again that much in all of the other ones, and well, and that's so on and so forth. What's his
2: face is not even in season two. It's well,
3: I think he was supposed to be, but he really? they he like caused a stink, is what I had heard.
2: Well, because he probably was going to be very limited in it, and he was just like, eh, not worth my time. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I feel like. Yeah, so the Marina stuff and the the book stuff and the, you know, the call-in of it all. Um, I was so confused while I was watching this because if you read the books, it's like there's, you know, Marina doesn't exist in the first novel. She, you know, is a character in another novel and it's not really even a care It's just the name that they've used very clearly. And so I was just curious how you felt about that. But yeah, I mean, I find it at least makes it call-in a little more interesting.
3: <laughs> yeah, because otherwise we have no reason. Like we have yeah, no reason we, to care about don't him. care. Right. Yeah. Well, Same I, I think also
4: also the marina the marina character is another facet of you know female existence in this time, yeah. mm-hmm. um, bodily Three, autonomy, autonomy uh, duty, expectation, uh, reputation, and she. We talked about her Breaking Bad <laughs> uh, as she crushes her friend Penelope because oh. she she has. She's desperate. To, she is desperate. Uh, she has to take uh, everything onto herself, and she does what she needs to do to survive. And in fact, in in this uh, in this episode, she also does what she feels that uh, she needs to do to survive. Oh, Geneva, what do you think about Marina and uh, overall?
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think I think in a sense it was needed. I think to add a bit more depth to the season, um, and so I, you know, I'm glad they actually you know incorporate this character um I think also just it also added to you know what we will see at the end with you know who um you know Lady Whistledown is I think it kind of makes that connection a bit more clear and understandable for the audience um and I think also just in general like um I think with you know marina we do kind of get just like another uh you know perspective or just like another element of like what could happen to somebody you know if they do um you know have to deal with a potential like a situation um that would lead to destroying a family's reputation like you know i feel like in a sense it's like daphne is able to kind of save that in a sense and then you know you know with her relationship with the Duke and basically saying, okay, we're going to get married at at this point. She's a duchess. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so she was able to kind of save that for them. And so I think being able to kind of see that sort of contrast. And I think it also just adds another layer and element between, um, you know, the whole, uh, Colin Penelope relationship and the
2: Featheringtons too. I feel yeah. like in you know even in the novels like they're they're a joke. Like they're just a, they're a straight up joke, you know. And yeah. so and they are in the show as well. But you kind of Mrs. Featherington especially. I really love in the show because she has a lot of layers that she just does not in the in the novels because she's just kind of a. pain in the ass older woman and and that's like pretty one note but i i like that she had this whole thing you know with her with her husband and his debts and all of that and i i find that to be like you know good good character building for a woman character that you know didn't have that so okay cool a
3: hundred percent and okay so with this scandal uh Colin is like this is a lie, and I need to see her. Uh-huh. Bless, which his heart. is like what is what a mm-hmm. sweet boy? Like he's the sweetest boy, um, a very yeah, good boy. I,
2: I I do you like the actor that plays Colin? Do you guys like him? I, I do,
3: but I think that it mostly is because I love Colin so much in the books. Like,
1: yeah.
3: I just even from the first book where he doesn't have that much to do, I, I really so just kind of latched on to him.
1: I just like his character in general. So I th- and I think the actor. Does a great job betraying. It wasn't what I I pictured,
4: but no. I, I like his uh, his his baby face and his unruly hair and <laughs> yeah. so the, the whoever cast him and, and and how he's directed, you can see how the family treats him He's the third son he's yeah. older than Daphne, but even Daphne seems to treat him as a youngest uh, younger brother, yeah. and mm-hmm. I think his look is really good for this um, so it 's their treatment plus how he looks and his struggle to be seen as a man and While we believe he has is infatuated with marina, why not she 's absolutely gorgeous. His point is she sees me as a man and mm-hmm. she's the only person who sees me as a man. And this is part of his his extreme attraction well,
2: and to her. I wonder if that's what really fucks him up is when he finds out that she never actually did and she was just using him. Is that going to be like his catalyst to his like going away on his travels and being kind of so a man who sows his oats and uses women and all of that sort of stuff because that is part of like the overarching character that i've known from him as well is like a little bit more of a cad
4: so but... he can dip his wick you mean
2: yes oh, exactly God. yeah because um <laughs> the worst way
1: to say that ever,
3: exactly yeah. so they have basically the daphne anthony benedict books all are within like three years yeah. and then there's a seven year time jump i believe between mm-hmm uh benedict and colin's books so he's a much older man uh in his actual story yeah which is good but yes uh but yeah colin wants to visit marina and violet and anthony are like oh hell no you cannot go near her uh like our family is also in a bad position here
1: yeah, yeah Either way, it looks bad. (laughs) It looks bad. Like if he if he's seen with her, then, you know, there's also the issue of like, oh, maybe you actually got her pregnant, which doesn't Mm -hmm. look well for their family or especially his sisters. Um, And then it's just overall, it's just not it's just not a great situation. So it's like at this point, it's like, why would you want to be around this potential drama and this sort of issue? And I think eventually, as we'll find out later it all comes back to communication like he specifically kind of mentions you know later on like if you if you told me and were straight up with me um i would have hit it yeah i would have been okay yeah. and i would have
4: helped you um and so Which like i don't know i mean maybe yeah i don't uh, know. i think it's uh, I, uh, the first time through i thought oh isn't that sweet and this time through i thought mm, very easy to say now it's yeah. very easy. Yeah, but you know it's very convenient that you notice that he him. specifically was like leaving and then
1: he's like I just want to make this clear to you whether, you know. Exactly. A little cruelty there from,
4: from Sweet Colin, which I liked. I like the acerbic. Uh, I like I like it more if it's uh, if it's a cruelty because otherwise he's he's a little bit of a a little bit of a cutout uh, character. Yeah. So he has that he has that turn because he's hurt but it's his pride yeah. as much as anything else that's hurt and so he cuts yes. her you know in a way that we see men uh treating women throughout this series but how society uh, makes that separation as well so I, I like this from him this moment of cruelty so uh, uh Daphne has arranged a chaperoned meeting between Marina and Colin um,
2: Daphne's just yeah. like oh well I can be your chaperone now because I'm a married lady like she, her vibe she, like, there is just she like switches a, a like its yeah on a like on a dive, she's just now she knows everything. she's very cultured, yep. she's very a woman of the world now. yes, mm-hmm. like she
3: comes in she and nothing. even with Violet is kind of like, hey, because I'm a duchess, I can help fix this. Don't you think? shouldn't we act like nothing is wrong like isn't that the best way? And violet's like, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but like where's my little girl who I literally just gave away?
2: Well, the whole Violet and Daphne thing is a separate story <laughs> yeah, where yeah. she's just like you did not tell me what you should have told me. Babies be made by sex. <laughs> yeah, but you
3: know this- what? At least someone told Violet.
2: Yeah.
3: No, I'm so I'm the- I'm, g- I'm glad did. Daphne
1: like called her out for it yeah. because it it needed to be said. And I think that's a, again another thing. It's just like no one is saying what they need to say and that's where all a lot of the conflict and a lot of the um you know sadness and just a lot of the angst and just like between a lot of relationships comes from because people are just not saying what's important to know and then it I leads think, to other yeah. people in trouble and i you know yeah. i get i get there's you know there are
4: reasons for that
1: or has Propriety to do it you know but well, i think it's, that's the
4: it's the drama, but uh, there's a there's a beautiful uh, moment later between Violet and Eloise as Eloise's skirts oh, have been yeah. lowered. We know that Eloise wants to go to the concert uh, for her own reasons. Uh, Violet thinks that Eloise is stepping forward into society, and because of of uh, Daphne. Giving her the rounds of the kitchen and saying you did not tell me, and for that I am now you know incredibly hurt. So Violet has a softening moment towards Eloise and says, "I, I don't want to push you too fast." If you're I not think ready, she has, yeah. Fine. She has a motherly guilt for, she perceives uh, Daphne's uh, huge sadness and angst and feels uh, somewhat responsible, as indeed she should uh, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Right. And I think another mm-hmm. major
1: thing, which will, you know, kind of connect back to like earlier in this episode is um, Eloise is kind of like, well, is, you know, the, is the Queen going to be there? Are, are we going to be able to talk <laughs> yeah, about? Eloise is
2: like, yeah, I, you know what, I, I don't feel ready, but also
1: if the queen is there, I do feel ready. I know? can talk to her about my potential theories when it mm-hmm. comes to, mm-hmm. you know, who Lady Whistledown is, and you know, I think Eloise is kind of at this point where she's like, oh, this, this is an unfortunate situation, not only for her brother, obviously Colin, but also for Penelope and the Featheringtons. Um, and so she really wants to figure out like, you know, who she is so that she could essentially change around the story, change around the narrative and kind of, you know, uh, essentially restore people's reputation. Cause she kind of has this conversation when she's at the, you know, the dress shop, um, uh, basically, you know, um, getting ready to, uh, come out and everything like that. And, um, so that's definitely, um, I think a, a huge, uh, narrative at this point um, in this episode about her trying to figure out who it is and she's trying to brainstorm with Penelope but you know Penelope's not really saying too much about you know her Potential opinions on that.
3: She, Penelope's not giving what Eloise is looking for at all. Um, yeah, but she uh, has like, yeah.
2: her own shit that she's dealing with with the Marina and the Colin of it all. Okay. She's just like, I don't care, Eloise. <laughs> mm-hmm. she's like,
4: well, some of us have other problems, but. Yeah. And we're also seeing my life just, is, is just, yeah. tormented. And it's your brother. It, this is, again, a separation between child and adult. We see that at yeah. the, the very beginning in episode one, we see these two young girls, fast friends, uh, girls and not so much childish but but young and and they certainly don't know anything and they're exchanging any time any small amount of information between themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And through the season, Penelope has had to deal with what one would say very adult concerns, a pregnant friend, uh, the loss of a love that she had, the betrayal by a friend. And so in the exchanges we see in this episode between uh, Eloise and Penelope, we see a real separation between the still eager girlish, um, ignorant in the ways of the world. She's not a dumb girl, Eloise, but she is ignorant as Daphne was and Penelope feels old she feels old to herself and she displays a sort of an older weariness because of the things that she's been through in the last um uh, six episodes and I, and I like that again I mean, uh subtlety
2: I think she's always also been somebody on the sidelines Penelope so she mm-hmm. knows much more than a girl her age would just because of being able to observe everything listening to her mother listening to her sisters like understanding like now we know where babies come from from this whole thing you know now we know about finances and you know all of that sort of stuff so i think that she's probably somebody who knows a bit more about uh the hurt of the world outside and and that life outside the tawn might be not so great um but yeah yeah and she also is uh
3: as the outsider she's also seen you know as less attractive than the other girls her age and so she she knows a little bit more of like the mockery and stuff specifically from freaking Chrissy um Cressida who's rude as hell um what a cow bar and her like, weird hair what a rude rude lady uh she also she shows her rudeness at the uh queen's luncheon where uh they're very very rude to the featheringtons they're like well that will show them and daphne kind of is like Mm-mm, not today
1: not today definitely a mess but you know violet did not fall for what uh miss heatherington was trying to say oh i had no idea i can't believe marina would do all these sorts of things yada 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 oh like it's it's all terrible and it's like really yeah
4: yeah, Violet (laughs) Violet knows that the uh the lady of the house knows exactly what goes on inside the house i do like that daphne
2: that grace to all of them though and it's just kind of like whatever like at this point like it's it's we need to move on you know which is a very big attitude to take instead of just kind of falling in line
3: I also think it's very specifically because she's just had so much fun having sex for the last couple of weeks that she can kind of be like I understand how Marina would lose herself uh, to someone and and well, she goes
2: after the meeting with Colin she goes back to Marina and she's just like never mind everything that I just said it fucking sucks what happened to you Let's do yeah. what we can to fix it, you know? Yeah, I think she can mm-hmm. – I
1: think in some way she can relate. And I think that's kind of why, like, even though she's not necessarily having this particular situation, she, she understands – She had no
2: agency, yeah. Right.
1: And she. I think she understands that, like, even, like, herself, Daphne has kind of had to dealt with doing certain things in order to not only better herself but better her life. So, she, you know, and I think that's kind of where it was really great to have that conversation between, you know, Marina and Daphne where – you know, I think Marina was able to explain, like, you know, she didn't necessarily intend to hurt Colin, but in reality, it was more like this is what she needed to do, you know, for her own like well-being and her child. And like, of course, not only that, it just also affects everyone else, you know, because there was that scene um where, you know, uh, Marina and Lady Featherington, you know, they went to that organization and were like, Oh, like, can, you know, can Marina be here? And it's like, well, do you guys have money? Like, you know, so thinking of these sorts of exchanges in order to, you know, kind of hide her away or just have her a to, place to seek refuge. So I think, yeah, I think in some ways, I think Daphne, you know, is, you know, learning the realities of her own marriage and, you know, realizing that, you know, I guess in, in a situation that she understands and empathizes a bit more with Marina, even though you know some of what marina did i guess you can understandably so could be not perceived in a positive light especially because it does connect to her own brother colin right yes
3: exactly and uh before we move on to the the second half of the episode uh, i think now is a time for uh an ad break so we'll come back soon uh, after this word from possibly a sponsor Yay. Um, so, yeah, as we had already said, um, Daphne and Violet, do you have a conversation about how uh, Violet never told Daphne anything? Does anyone else have anything
2: else that they wanted to add onto that? Just that I think that it's still happening today. I don't think girls know about a lot of stuff. This is why, you know, I mean, they obviously the Internet and everything, but I never had a single conversation with my mom about sex, about but anything anything it was just something that we just never talked about and my mom and I have an amazing relationship and like that I am lucky that I was put into a school system that did educate me about those things and also I was a very strange middle school high schooler who just did not have time for boys and I only you know wanted to do my studies and my theater and just did not care like a little bit of a late bloomer but I think that uh, bloomer,
1: bloomer yeah. so funny.
2: Uh, <laughs> lol um I think Sorry. that that is something that l- like kind of hit home when she was like you did not prepare me and it's like yeah no she didn't like I still to this day feel I felt awkward telling my parents that I was pregnant because like I was like oh my god they're going to know we had sex like have you been married for
3: years. years that's so funny we were <laughs> married
2: for so long like I didn't Asher was born in 2019 we got married in 2015 like mm-hmm. No. You it got Yeah, I, I mean, there. if it's a, oh.
1: like, it's something you don't talk about with your parents, which <laughs> I wouldn't say I awkward. have many conversations with my parents about these sorts of things either. So, it could be very awkward to even bring up yeah, relationships, be, things, you know? and it shouldn't be. But it just, I think, it, it also is. depends. You know, yeah. I think on you know, I guess the parents and maybe how they were raised and then how they're passing on certain things. So that definitely has a huge influence. And then, of course, Daphne's mom, when Lady Danbury sees what's going on, she's like, oh, it's the heat. She's quite overcome. Like, that's what it is. That's yeah. what we're fighting about. I'm like, I yeah. do think you're I, I, no, I know, but I'm yeah. just like, Okay.
4: I have uh, I have uh, the um, the strange sort of slightly it's not embarrassing, but I after my parents died, I found a packet of letters from my mother to my father before they oh, were baby. married, and Ooh. it was literally ten years before I read them, wow. and um, it was it was fascinating. So there was my mother as a young woman. My father was away. He was a, a marine biologist. He was away on a on a uh, scientific uh, research trip. And she wrote to him all sorts of things, like uh, she'd describe meals, oh, wow. she'd describe clothes, but she'd also describe feelings, and it was it was very strange, and i could could read them only sort of bit by bit. But she does refer to uh, a couple who are having a baby. She and something like she referred to it as as her little mistake, but I think you'd oh. be pleased to be having a baby whether you meant to or not. So this is a couple that she knows that have become pregnant prior to being married, and then wow. she goes on to say, "I can understand being overtaken, but I don't think I could go beyond the pale myself." Interesting. Yeah. That's wild. It was wild, and I thought, "Oh, I thought I might find evidence of of some shenanigans," but here we have um, her. delicately saying put the ring on before yeah (laughs) yeah oh crazy
2: yeah man that's wild that is
1: also very Violet
2: bridgerton has eight children and her husband died a very long time ago and so she's been doing this all alone like i'll give her some slack you know what i mean yeah yeah She's just kind of like trying to get them all married so that she can like breathe for a second. But mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe it's she's gonna
1: she... be she a minute. A, she could have threw a couple sentences in there though. Just
2: a little more. Just some science.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, and it's it's very obvious too. Like she probably had a very similar situation, yeah. but
2: um, because she's like, oh, I've been dreading this because this is her first kid getting married. And it's yes. her first it's a daughter. Great.
3: So very very stressful for her. Um, but again, we've we've talked to death how not okay we are with how she handles it. But I oh, no. it's it's interesting how that happened in public, and Lady Danbury had to kind of uh, get things back to the polite society level of things. Um, and now Daphne has offered to Marina that she will try and get in get in touch with her officer, um, because she has connections now that she's the Duchess. And uh so for Rita just- like
2: laughs in her face though. She's like, um, will the Duke be signing his name?
3: Literally, <laughs> yeah. Like after so she goes to um Lady Danbury's uh Oh, she Doesn't she call her daddy. Bacchanal. It's yes. a
4: Bacchanal. It's, it's brilliant. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Daphne thinks it's going to be boring, the, lady, the married ladies of the ton, and mm-hmm. she opens the door to a roar, uh, mm-hmm. smoking and drinking and gambling and laughing, and these women are having the absolute time of their lives, women without men. Uh, and Daphne thinks, ooh, I see a different way of being. I love it. Yeah,
2: like they're like, they like are- there's another reason to get married other than love <laughs> yeah. so that you can just live your life.
3: It's freedom, you know. Well, that point age, you did not have freedom
2: unless you no. were married.
3: And even then it was not to the level of obviously a man or anybody else. Right? Although yeah.
2: I do think a unique thing of the books that I don't think they explore too much in this, sh- this season is the idea of the spinster. And how somebody could be a spinster because they're not married. They're off the, you know, they've been through the marriage mart and it didn't stick. And you know, now they're they can chaperone people. They can, you know, because they're not married, you know, marriageable age anymore. They're they're on the too shelf. old.
4: They're on the shelf. So they're, they're like twenty four. Live your life. <laughs> yeah, if you hit twenty five, you're done. Yeah. And in fact, you might you might find a, a small house that you might run yeah. with a friend a friend a young uh or well, young or not woman of also no no longer of marriage marriageable age and you might just be dear friends together in dear a household friends, the both of you
1: <laughs> but yeah it was definitely cool to see the den of iniquity yes. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it it was, very, it like to very call it. fun and yes. um you know i think it was kind of you know funny they're just like oh yeah first woman you know takes her wedding vows and then we gamblers take her virtue if the husband you know has any left to be taken um and so yeah and then uh you know lady danbury just says it takes practice and a bit of perseverance and so you know they teach her uh daphne the rule she seems to pick up things pretty uh quickly and uses that as an opportunity to talk to kitty about um getting her husband you know to to help
4: out so she she's also learning that way of let the women do the work so they the women will organize uh, what needs to be yeah. done and then it gets enacted by the men in their in their orbit
3: yes but this is where she finds unfortunately sometimes that doesn't work because uh, the general does not really talk to his wife or family he
2: is they keep separate lives from each other yeah Uh, but she says you can write to him maybe he'll talk to you he just doesn't talk to me yeah
1: Yeah. especially (laughs) since you're not his wife i was like
2: oh
4: yeah
2: yeah and she's gorgeous too like i feel like what what happened there i want to know her story i mean I'm, i'm assuming
3: just not a love match
4: yeah Exactly. Well, he's a general, so he's going to be older. Kitty seems quite young. Uh, she and the widows seem to be in, in very high spirits. They have their own lives that they run without their husbands. And they have the, the uh, agency to do that because of yeah. their status as married women. So they're, exactly. they're, they're just showing Daphne. Look, there is another way. I mean, we, we hope still. I mean, I don't know if Daphne and Simon are going to come back together. But right. uh, if they don't, here's another way to be.
3: Yes, have some, have some freedom. Uh, we also have uh, – Anthony gets really mad at Simon. They're drinking beer. He's like,
2: normally I – Anthony's whole speech <laughs> about the beer is a- so stupid. I'm just like, who are you? He's, He's like, a and bro. The bubbles. He is being a bro. I also feel like he – in this second watch, and this is mostly because Mike pointed it out, but his sideburns are... They're out. so bad. It's because literally nobody else has them. So why mm. does Anthony have these sideburns the prince, down to his lips? Yeah, oh, the, the prince, prince does them. that. Mm-hmm, because he's blonde mm-hmm. and you don't see it as much, but... Mm-hmm. I guess maybe it's like an older gentleman type of thing, but I find it so alarming. (laughs) Yeah, those
3: big, big sideburns have never been something that uh, super works for me. And they're just not
2: well-groomed, and he has this big pompadour like he's in Greece. It's confusing. (laughs)
4: Yes, completely. But they come to fisticuffs. Um, which probably they've been wanting to do for a while. And they smash all over this men's club as 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 other men look on approvingly at this display. Oh, that's what men uh, do when they, they have conflict. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't talk it out. Just <laughs> smash. Smash. Yeah. yeah.
2: I I guess if that's what gets them going. Mm. Um but yeah. Stupid. Going? <laughs>
3: yeah, so, so stupid. dumb. I did really like when Anthony's like, it has to be your fault. Because Daphne would have never
4: fucked it up this fast. He's <laughs> <laughs> like
1: she doesn't know how to.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. newsflash. But mm,
1: that's that's the th- well. I mean, I guess they both messed up in reality. They but um, but it's yeah. also like yeah. I it I feel like it would definitely weird. What she did say. was worse. It really well, yeah. Really she was, was the catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the thing, also. It's like, I don't, it would be really awkward for Simon to be like, well, this is exactly. She did rape Raven. me. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm.
4: Yeah. So. There's that little matter. But but the the upshot of being smishy smashed at the men's club is that Simon has a cut, of a very attractive cut, just exactly in <laughs> perfectly the right blessed. spot. Perfectly <laughs> yeah. placed above the brow, trickling down beside that gorgeous eye. And Daphne returns from the bacchanal. Oh, I think she's a little bit uh squiffy she's had a yes. she's had a very nice mm-hmm. time she's with the ladies cups. i think she's in her cups i think she's also high on the idea of yes. there are other ways of being and other ways of living like Another if this thing doesn't that work out i'll be daughter. i'll be fine i've got my girls. i'll be fine so she's tot she totters past and they can have a moment where she uh staunches the blood and uh sits on his lap
3: and this is one of my favorite Regency tropes as well. Is mm-hmm. like um after the after the marriage, uh, or like when things are, are rocky, when the the heroine has to, you know, bandage,
2: him up. bandage a wound, like maybe someone got shot or And or not again, only that but the, the trope of Daphne being someone who has many brothers, so she knows what she's doing. There's always that to
1: like to attend for them for years. Yeah, also, funny is Simon is saying, Oh yeah, you know, I got a little too rough in training with Will. Yes. Like, well, that's yeah. not exactly mm-hmm. what happened.
2: That's but. a lie. But yeah, I that that is another trope that always gets me is when there's like, oh, you know, like I'm a I'm a girly girl, but I'm actually pretty tough too. Cause I have <laughs> brothers. Oh, <laughs> tough. There's, I'm um, tough. I know how to put a band-aid on. Like,
3: well, because like there's there's one um Regency novel that I read like years ago, and it's like one of my favorites that I took from my mom's um bookshelves mm. um after she passed Those away the best. best that I kept. And uh in that one she she treats a bullet wound. And I'm like, ma'am, <laughs> Claire, it you don't know how to freaking to <laughs> fix a bullet wound. She's like pouring brandy on it like, Yeah, the no, brandy what you do. That's a-
2: <laughs> yeah. It always it reminds me of that episode of Friends where Phoebe is like i don't know if you guys are friends fans but she's like reimagining her past life where she's a nurse in the civil war War. and she's like more bandages more and she's just putting bandages on this guy who has like no arm and she's just like
4: putting things on that's the way way to do do with the bullet wound is first put a tiny bit of gunpowder in there and light it and then it cauterizes it yeah Mm -hmm. Just in that case, seems, next yeah. time, next time a man stumbles to your door or a woman with a with yeah. a bullet wound, just try that. Yeah,
2: I, yeah. Think I like guess. And it is true; <laughs> it is true that bullet wounds back then were much different than bullet wounds now because, like, yes. <laughs> it wasn't as. But it's just so. like a steel ball, yeah, <laughs> embedded yeah. <laughs> yeah. in you. Like, not great, but we could probably get it
1: out with some tweezers,
2: <laughs> I guess. Oh, God.
1: But the one reason I do appreciate the scene is they finally do what I've been asking for for the last several episodes they they and they talk they finally actually have a conversation um you know they daphne do. is like you know like why will you not unfold yourself to me and you know she's like a child would be a blessing like why are you so adamant about not having a child And he's like i swore long ago that i'd never yeah, this is died. what he finally <laughs> tells her yeah finally and Seven i love <laughs> how
3: she throws right back yeah but you swore a vow to me and what about
2: that Right, yeah, like, dang, okay, yeah, no, she's right. right. I mean, and also she says you're letting a dead man tell you how to live your life. You're per- yes. you're saying there's yes. like,
1: but I it on his deathbed, so that that's and you didn't reason. even care about him.
2: Like you didn't even yeah. care about him. It's all vengeance, and it's not going to make you happy. And you could be happy with me. So mm-hmm. get it together. And the baby, and the baby, yeah, and the baby. And then she says, but I guess not. So you know. We'll part yeah. ways at the end of the of course season. he likes
1: to be dramatic he's like the line has to, you know ha- would die with me so um my father this is what he cared about so i just didn't want it to happen and it's i'm so like I-, I guess but like but like you are you not your father so like why
3: your father's yeah. gone your father's dead daphne says it right with like, why are you letting a dead man uh, exactly. choose your life? Uh, yeah, she does. I think she does very well in that, considering that she is literally drunk during this conversation.
4: Well, probably because, as well, we get a little bit of in veto veritas, or vino. Sorry, I ah. say vito because I have a friend called Vito. <laughs> in, in vino veritas, in in uh, wine, there is truth. And uh, so she mm-hmm. says, "Let's see if uh, if I am with child, and we'll see which vow you have broken." Gotta be one or the other.
1: Miserable together or perfectly Mm -hmm. happy apart.
3: Yeah, they do also uh kiss in the scene as well. Um because there's a lot there's a lot of passion uh
2: between them. They can't keep their hands off each other. They still love each other despite. <laughs> well, to be fair, drama. she is uh, going through puberty, so she has a lot of hormones. So. <laughs> mm. Well,
3: and listen, she's drunk. I feel like
2: yeah, like that's three, true.
3: three drinks for someone who like doesn't really drink, and then they're yeah. like, "Okay, I'm ready to go." You know, she's tiny totally. as well. So. She's tiny. Mm-hmm.
2: She's tiny. Yeah. She,
3: yeah does she? Well, yeah. So tiny.
2: Petite.
3: Very petite. Yeah. Uh we also, we do also get a little bit, um, we already mentioned Eloise goes to the concert where the Queen will be, uh, and, you know, this is where she has her hair pulled back, and her skirts have been lowered, and and Violet does I hate, give her I the, hate her the hair. Out.
2: I hate I it. Your I, know.
4: Hair. I can't your hair believe. I, it's I, I really.
2: Way. And then I also hate this. Like, What's let's cr- give this girl some good hair. What is crazy mm-hmm. to me is
3: that you know, as a sign of maturity and that you are out in society, you would wear your hair back. When I have, I never yeah. feel more ugly than when my hair is up. Right? Like, I don't think yeah. that I could catch a husband with my hair up all the time.
2: You're not a librarian.
4: <laughs> it's So weird. Not that there's anything wrong with librarians.
2: No, but I do think there is like a a sense of like that being. <laughs> A studious sort of yes. business-focused mm-hmm.
1: yeah. function. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if
2: you're going to go out and flirt, you're probably well, you know what? Mean, it works like, out weird.
1: for Eloise because she doesn't really want to. That's be not out her weird. jam anyway. Yeah, yeah but, so know. it's a good excuse to.
4: But you it's know, keeper. so poofed up, and, and it has a weird That's crown awful. on.
1: It
2: looks
4: nothing like Regency era hair either, which is confusing crown, and to then make. some weird single flowers just poked in. I mean, they yeah, maybe it's meant to make her it look It has younger. to be deliberate. It has to be deliberate. Yeah, uh, because maybe she yeah, to make her look so Awful, yeah. yeah. But
2: and, that being said, they're not really paying a lot of mind to Regency era costuming in a way that is correct. like incredibly accurate. It's all kind of around the the gray mushy areas the clothing's pretty on point but it's like kind of spanning a few different century a few different mm-hmm. decades mm-hmm. and then the hair is all over the fucking place
4: Cressida Cowper's hair is like what the fuck is that it's you know? brilliant it's a basket basket weaving it's absolutely it, it's brilliant wild. but my my point being that that uh period accurate or not the women generally look absolutely gorgeous when they go to these oh my and gosh concerts. yeah and Eloise looks Dreadful. So I think it is. Yeah. I, I hope it's deliberate. And the and I think the of, actress I mean, is putting goodness. on a few a bit of a face as well to make mm-hmm. herself. She does.
2: That
3: I
1: else, like.
2: I
3: wouldn't go so far like. to say
1: she looks awful. I think I actually thought she looked nice. On. Maybe that. I mean, maybe not. I just necessarily, didn't like her hair. Like, yeah, I the mean, hair is like, bad. It probably wasn't the confused, best hairstyle. Like, but like, have you I guys she ever seen? Nice.
2: Have you ever seen the movie Made of Honor with Patrick Dempsey and? where he is the, uh, like, man, oh, it's Man of Honor.
3: I I think I saw, I, what, what, I may have seen that in theaters.
2: I'm going to find a picture of one of the girls in that, her hair okay. when she's getting married, and it's exactly unfortunate as oh it no. is <laughs>
4: that's bad um, um but
2: so know, she takes her
4: unfortunate hair to the concert because she wants to mm-hmm. talk to the queen and tell the queen about her thrilling new theory and her thrilling new theory is it's not a servant it's a tradesperson. she's made this decision it's a tradesperson. yeah and oh she's so could committed not
3: be, the queen cannot be less interested like she is like i've had enough of you you can't figure it out i've hired some <laughs> uh The Bow Street Runners. runners. The Bow Street Runners.
4: This was the precursor to the um, uh, Metropolitan Police uh, Force Mm -hmm. of today. Uh, And they were called the Bow Street Runners. And they were uh, uh, were real. uh, Yeah.
2: They were
4: real. And they were real tough. So this is an alarming. They're basically
3: thugs. Like it's like a gang of thugs have been hired to go and uh,
4: find who Lady was on it. Because
3: the Queen also was pissed that her luncheon was not written about she was like oh to say nothing about me is worse than saying something rude so uh lady whistledown has gotten under the queen's uh, skin extra so it's not it's not good mm-hmm. she yeah. wants to
4: shut her down whereas eloise wants to find her and celebrate and be her, her and beat her yeah basically yeah. But, but also the,
3: theory
1: um, of the trade person not enough not enough for the queen
3: no and yeah. also doesn't again it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense a trade person much like a servant would not have time or the necessary not necessarily the resources in order to it's the
2: same thing though you know it's like she's just a little out of touch yeah yeah and
3: also like the Featheringtons have no money at this point, really. So I highly doubt that they could afford to be having tradespersons
4: in and out of their house all day. So there mm. wouldn't even have been that many of them.
3: So uh, if Benedict
4: comes to her rescue. What a wonderful brother he is! Yes, because he's, he's he would take her away.
3: He's also had a bit of a moment where he finds out from Sir Granville a little bit more about uh, his relationship with men and how and his marriage works. So, uh,
4: yeah. <laughs> The and the he's he's
3: like thrown by that and is like i've got to go basically mm, yeah
4: i don't think he's he's not repelled by it but it's given him a lot to think about because yes, he's Grandville confused says, by it for this sure. is, mm-hmm. i thought you wanted to live outside society i thought you were one of us one of us not necessarily queer is. but one of us as in not, like a bohemian mm-hmm. a bohemian and are you not? And I think this has confused uh, Benedicta very much, and he has much to think about because uh, he doesn't he really needs, know what that lives. means when you no. say live outside of society and like exactly. be a
2: like he's he just wants to be an artist, but he hasn't quite figured out what being an artist will actually yes. mean. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly,
2: um, which is like which is fine. I mean, he's also I feel like the this is one where the actor play seems older than the character probably is Mm -hmm. um at least in my opinion i i feel like he's he he reads a little bit older
3: Um, yeah because he's probably supposed to be what like 25
4: if that between Mm -hmm. i I would say he's
3: supposed to be between 25 and 30 probably
4: yeah i think the other thing that's that's uh that's kind of blowing his mind is that lord granville just gave him the means to destroy him yeah he admitted he's to like why would you trust me about this yeah. like it's so yeah. strange yeah. yeah and i think this is a wonderful move uh, in their relationship i don't know what happens beyond uh, this season but i like this i like this relationship i like lord, i don't lord think Randall lord Granville is anybody is he i
2: don't believe so no i don't remember him at all I, so he's like a made-up character for this which is yeah. nice
3: it is. It, he also could be from any other Julia Quinn novel because they do like to use Very a lot of true. names uh, from true. from the books. So that could definitely be it. Um, but he he saves Eloise and they get in his carriage and they they have to make one stop on the way.
1: Pick up that friend.
3: Um, and pick, pick up a, up friend. a friend who's uh, Madame Delacroix.
1: Yeah. Mm, uh, or
2: whatever her real name is
3: or whatever her name is very scandalous for Benedict to bring Eloise to pick up his mistress. Mm -hmm. That's the thing
2: about Benedict in this. He doesn't seem to just be necessarily all there at points. Like I feel like very much so like he's just like kind of just walking through life, just kind of seeing what happens, not really thinking about the propriety of it all. Like, he should not have brought Eloise to this. Yeah. It's like, regardless of who it was, he was going to pick up somebody that he was going to go like have sex with. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then
1: he's like, "This is my sister, Eloise, and we'll be dropping her at home." And yes, it's like, so weird. Okay. Well, and I
4: mean- Elo- Eloise is staring at uh, Madame Delacroix, and like uh, a she has- she has a Kaiser so she has a Kaiser say so- moment. She does. she thinks through all the things that she's thought about. It's a tradesperson. It's someone who has access to all the gossip, but is unnoticed. And she has her flashes all the way through scenes we've seen in uh, Madame Delacroix's studio, where, where women speak very gossip. freely in front of her. And she has mm-hmm. her aha. It's it must you be all along. the entire ton was at this
1: event, except for the Featheringtons. Mm.
3: Yeah, you know everything. Yes. There's a there's definitely a lot going on here, and Benedict's like, "Are you
4: okay?" Like,
2: it, well, because she's just sitting there, like I don't know how much time has passed, but she's sitting there, like with her wheels turning in her head, wide eyed, staring at Madame Delacroix. It's like super awkward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not the good social skills with Eloise here. She uh, she's not been in society much. No. <laughs> Yeah, I think even if she doesn't isn't looking for a husband, she does need to get out more. <laughs> yeah.
3: Like she could like I think she needs more friends than just Penelope. Like I love Penelope, but like she needs more than one friend, I think. Mm. Yes, for sure. Yes. I, agree. I think that would be very useful for her. Um and so now back she
4: at... sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say back at the concert there's a nice bit of Vivaldi going on.
3: Uh, yes, as various yeah,
4: I... glances and things like that. I
3: wish that they had used this opportunity to do a like smith My. Yes, was I was going to bring I that up. Remember. But it's in in smith. the My Smith, thank you. In the books, every year there's a smith Smith musicale, and it's these it's four female you know. It's always Smiths like one every year member
2: of that, um, that household mm-hmm. that. Is like coming out in society, and it's always like it's the smithsmiths Smiths. So it doesn't have to be the same sisters every year, but they have a yeah. Musicale. There's cousins, several cousins. Yeah, Which they do basically- the musical when you put on a show for your family like that's what they do it's like a weird talent show and well except for it's
3: for like all of society is invited (laughs) and uh, they're very bad the main plot point about them is that they are not musically gifted but it's an annual tradition that they will always have a musicale and the Smith musical happens in every single bridgerton book and then there's also a um a series of four books about the Smith quartet um that julia quinn wrote which i really liked yeah um
2: and so I wish Again, they'd be the butt of the joke. <laughs> they're
3: the butt of the joke, but it also shows like the humanity of the Bridgertons because yeah. they always go and they always sit in the front row and they're always very supportive. Um, as Regardless well as Penelope also people. will yeah. go and sit in the, the front row as well. So it, it shows kind of like the kindness um that is like, who's not the nice
2: people and who are just yeah. like the a-holes of the group, but, but Yeah, Cressida's, it is like, go there that. to laugh at them. It was weird that they had a concert and it wasn't a Smythe Smith musical. Like yeah kind of odd I, but i wish they had done that I, I guess they used up their poor um music
3: by having the featherington sisters perform um, and having weird opera oh singer
1: girl that Just lovely yeah. entertainment the season
3: it's yeah there's a lot uh but at the at the concert uh this is where so we see um Anthony seeing Sienna who's with another man, yes. um, but the main thing that happens here is that uh, Simon reaches
2: to hold Daphne's hand,
3: Oh yeah, and it's very sweet. But and she lets him,
2: well, because she loves him. Yeah. So they're you're thinking like, oh, maybe they're rekindling
4: something, but oh, you,
3: you got a period.
2: Yeah, she feels obviously like a cramp or some
3: something moving, and and she rushes to the Aunt
4: Flo's come to visit. Yeah which i thought so. this was a bit of a wild thing too i was
2: like it doesn't usually happen like this where you like blood just gushes out of you yeah which is the insinuation that they were making but because there's a lot of blood when she uh, reaches yeah. so, so I'm, I'm like a little s- concerned about her like if she has some fibroids or something like
3: yeah, <laughs> but, she could uh... be an
2: endometriosis queen you don't know yeah we don't know but yeah i was like I was like, "This sucks. Like, this just sucks so hard."
3: Yeah, she she realizes that her period is there, and uh, yeah, a lot of blood. Uh, I have to assume that maybe th- it had things had been moving yes. for much longer, and that and it just had just notice? like reached a point where she would notice it. Like, I. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone like has ever like blood through their jeans or something, like you, you don't always notice until it's <laughs> I a was, problem.
2: I was telling Mike, I was like, it doesn't happen typically like this, but I have not been a stranger to folding toilet paper into a little fancy yep. sanitary mm-hmm. pad. Putting that mm-hmm. in your, your underwear, Putting that in your underwear, because that's all you got. It's <laughs> yeah.
4: like, mm-hmm.
2: like, you know, it does happen, but at the opera.
4: I, uh, yeah. I wondered uh, this time and not last time. I thought with the sheer amount of blood, I thought was this an early that oh, she, in fact she was yeah, pregnant. Mm-hmm. You know tough. that did occur to me. I don't. Fast. I think it's too too fast and also too tragic for mm-hmm. this. Uh, I
3: I think they kind of sorry. I, sorry, I, I, I do guess? think they put it there to leave that kind of insinuation though. Like I I right. think that they want you to think that that could be a possibility, but they would never spell it out as she right. was pregnant.
2: Lost a baby? mm. I didn't think that at all. Actually, I just kind of like maybe I was refusing. It's a lot of blood. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I just didn't. I was like
4: moving on. I just, you know
2: what? She might
3: have just had a heavy uterine lining that month. You don't know.
4: Yeah. Also, she's uh, going through puberty and things. uh, You know, big, small. You know, things. She is quite
3: young. (laughs) Mm. Poor baby.
4: And I was just very glad it wasn't blue. (laughs)
3: yes exactly and uh yeah you know what even if it's unrealistic i do like that they're not making periods to be this like taboo thing that can't be talked about um because i I feel like as society we've we've mostly moved past that concept but not everyone has so i do like that they did that um violet sees daphne run off and goes to find her and she's, like, very upset, crying, and Violet is there to hold her daughter, which I mm. thought was just beautiful.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's tough, because I do feel like they are in a – they're in a tough place as mother and daughter, so it, it was nice to have her there, I think, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and – uh
3: You know, she is sobbing and crying with her mother and Simon, um, you know, he's got a few little tears in his eyes while he's watching the concert. So there's, I feel Uh, like there's a lot of emotions going on between both of them. And it's interesting to think what might
4: happen next. Yeah, exactly. But perhaps he's surprised by his own sadness that to her, her, that Aunt Flo's come to visit. Well, does does she know
3: yet? Does he know yet at that point that that's what happened? I don't think so well she
4: we can hear her sobbing
3: i don't i think mm. that's a stylistic choice though i don't think he can i don't think the concert think he can do hear. It? yeah
4: i thought it was like a private um withdrawing room behind the box because they are in a oh, are maybe in a
3: that's possible oh. yeah i hadn't considered that so yeah that could be it
4: yeah i don't know um, anything
3: about fancy opera
2: boxes yeah i've, uh, I've never been to the, uh, the opera so I know. really I, was, uh, I have been to the opera
4: but more like. The, I was uh, a, a guest artist at the Australian Opera for 25 ah, years, so I can tell look you, you. I can tell you. you. Yeah. But yes, the old, the old humble style bride. houses. Yeah, not so humble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so no. yeah, don't be humble about um, amazing accomplishments. No, I'm very, very proud of it. But uh, the the uh, structure of the old houses, as mm. we call an opera house or a concert hall, there, the boxes are very much yeah. for the aristocracy. Yeah. And there would be private uh, withdrawing rooms behind. Have the, you the guys the watched The Gilded Age
3: recently? Not yet, but I um, will be.
4: There is a mm. whole
2: conversation about them building the Met um because it's the academy of music up until that point which is where the aristocracy goes to see opera and music and everything and their big discussion is there are not enough boxes for the new money coming into new Mm -hmm. york city so they're going to build a new opera house which will be the met and it'll have enough boxes but it was like this it's this whole old money new money thing like we don't want everybody to have a box because we have boxes it's crazy Mm. Mm. oh i'm
3: so excited to watch that so excited it's good you'll like it
2: it's very
4: like just easy breezy beautiful cover Um, girl that's what i want i mean the biggest uh, the biggest joke is of course that the view from the boxes is really bad yeah
3: yeah it is it's terrible i've sat in
4: a box before at the Mm -hmm. met and it's the
3: the tiny binoculars
4: yeah (laughs) yes
2: well
3: (laughs) yeah i guess (laughs) um So I guess the only other thing that we haven't talked about is that Lord Featherington does try to um, create a scam uh, in order to make his money back. He goes to Will and asks him to throw his next fight and that he will place such a sum of money on it that um, even half of the winnings would set Will and his family up for life. Yeah, poor
2: Will. Rocking a hard place for him, really. Freaking
3: Lord Featherington is just like the quintessential gambling addict where he yeah. is like, I, I've i messed things my up, gambling. but one one more bet. One, one more bet and everything will be solved, you know? And it kind
2: of does solve it, except for the fact that it gets it, you know, like it gets things like more confusing. And I just feel like Will is put in the worst position here. Yeah. That he is
1: like... Oh, poor guy.
2: What is he going to say? He wants to take care of his family. You know what I yeah. mean?
1: Like, and then Lloyd Featherington proceeds to bring up his family and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And he's like, uh, absolutely <gasps> not. Don't
4: so think- talk about my daddy. I hate the nope, no. Featheringtons.
2: No. Really, except for yeah. Penelope, I hate them. Really? Because I don't mind the sisters. Well, I just think I really- mean the sisters uh, are funny
4: and like and yeah, just I just love it. A sister kind of way. I love Lady Featherington. She is she grew she, on me. She did she, grow on me. She is trying so like like many of the people that we see, and particularly the women she's just trying to get by and she's trying yeah. to do right by her family she's just not quite doing it the best most she's honest not doing way it the possible. best way and the way she's treated by the rest of the ton is not helping mm-hmm. they have not welcomed no. her they no. do not look kindly on her they laugh at her and they can't wait for her downfall i think this is a very desperate position and also you know a marriage in its in its uh, in one of its best qualities is a partnership a team uh, mm-hmm. and she is not on a team with her husband at all there's a she huge on separation team an idiot. Um, yeah. A, 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 a per, yes. pervy idiot.
2: Pervy controlling idiot. Okay. um, When yes, he sir. says that the girls can wear their dresses again, gasp. How dare he? I know, he he doesn't, doesn't get it. it. I love that. I thought, yeah. Cannot well, repeat a dress. Cannot. Well, yeah, what,
3: what are you going to be, Lizzie McGuire, an outfit repeater? Mm-mm. What are these, <laughs> farmers? <laughs> um also angela did send the link for that hair
2: um from mm-hmm. sc- just scroll down uh well i was also back. i was also going to say that's why boxing
4: day is called boxing day because uh on the day after christmas the aristocracy would box up all their uh clothes they were no, no longer going to wear and like leftovers uh, leftovers things they weren't going to use how generous it was the one day wear. the
3: servants got off
4: mm-hmm. yes
2: Again, how generous of yeah, uh, so uh, nice. Her.
3: <laughs> it, it always just reminds me of in to Abbey when yes. um she's like, "What's a weekend?" I know, yeah, <laughs> that's right. When, when Matthew, Matthew shows up and he's like,
2: "Oh, well, on the weekend," and she's like, "I don't understand.
3: What's <laughs> a weekend?" Yeah, doesn't get it. Um, but yeah, that is the episode. Does anyone else have anything to add?
4: No. No, okay. I, I think pacing and narrative-wise, it's gathering up everything from the last, uh, three, yeah. uh last six mm-hmm. episodes and and ready to sort of hurl us towards the finale. I think it's really well paced. Um, it's it has uh threads that are drawing to to their conclusion, and I I, I like that anticipation. And again, watching it single episode by single episode, I do feel very prepared for the finale intrigued by the finale i have so many questions i can't see how they possibly are going to answer them in uh, one episode but of course i trust them to do so
2: i do also think there are there are a lot of questions to answer in the final episode whereas it's weird that it is an eight episode season and not like a nine or a ten but you take what we get
3: well and it's what's also weird is that like some of the episodes have just truly not uh, had that much to offer. And so, yeah, like, it, it actually could along. have been shorter if they had made more use of the other episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: or like truncated some stuff and pushed it over. I don't know. Yeah.
3: Interesting. But uh, yeah, we're set up for the finale.
2: We are.
3: Very exciting. And in a
2: few weeks, season two. <laughs> Woohoo! Yes. We're Thank almost to
3: season God. two. Cannot wait. It's been far too long. I was hoping it would come out on Boxing Day again, and it did not. Um, and I was upset. Even though I knew it wouldn't, I was still upset. Uh, but Angela, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. And oh, for, for having today. me.
2: Um, for joining the I'm delighted party. to be here uh, yes. on the dark walk. Hell yeah. Always. This, this was amazing. Meet you outside in the dark. Take you under the night stars. Oh
3: my goodness. Ooh, you're
2: gonna my you oh, you're
4: going to rip my bodice. I love it.
2: Rip your honestly, bodice.
3: Like, I respect it. Do what you got do. <laughs> she's just <laughs> gonna do what she's got to do and Angela if people want to see more from you where can they find you
2: on Instagram and Twitter at Ange Pelagi. um I just wrapped up a series rewatch of the X-Files with my dearest darling husband Michael Bloom um he was so done he was so done of watching that, that um, funny. he was over <laughs> it um and yeah that's that's it for now probably some more stuff coming up in in the near future with some lord of the rings coverage but uh, otherwise i'm taking a little hiatus maybe uh live my life a little bit guest nice. on some fun stuff but you can see Hell me yeah. on the interwebs love it um and geneva where can people
1: find you yeah, people can find me at Peace PeaceLoveJen on Twitter where I tweet all about the reality TV that I'm watching as well as other random things in life. You can also find me at Silent Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts, um, including um, Apple and uh, Spotify. Um, have a lot of variety of content over there. Um, And yeah, stay tuned for us for season two, which is coming in a week from when this uh, podcast is dropping. So um, we are super excited to uh, be covering that and we will consistently be on those Tuesdays and Fridays. Also leave us reviews, Uh, give us those five stars. We need that. We love that. We support all your friends. Um, And, you know, um, looking forward to kind of Talking about the and the general end of, you know, uh, Daphne's story within, you know, this book.
4: Hell yeah. Um, and Sarah, where can people find you? Well, they can follow me on Twitter if they like, at Sarah Carradine. Also on Post Show Recaps, I'm covering Our Flag Means Death, uh, All Things Piratical, with Brooklyn's <laughs> Edge, and Grace. That means um, pirates. <laughs> oh, it's the adjective from. It's the pirate uh, one. It's the say. pirate one, uh, and I—I'm doing some other things that have slipped my mind, or perhaps I'm keeping them quiet until oh the boy. finale. I can tell you about my secret project uh, in the next episode. So, if you were thinking, "Ah, I'll give it a miss," there's a little uh, Easter egg for you at the end. Yes.
3: You'll have to listen to get and Kirsten, What about different. you? Where,
4: where are people going to find you? Uh,
3: you can find me entirely too many places. Um, so you can mm-hmm, find me everywhere. At Kirsten said what, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten said what you will be able to find myself and Mary Kwiatkowski covering Riverdale over on Kowski cast. That's cow with a K. Uh, Lindsay Wilson and I are still covering Bojack Horseman every week over on Bojack HorsePod. And uh, by the time this comes out, temptation island will have dropped yeah. i'm pretty hot sure dummies. I'll talk about that with maggie morgan over on the hot dummies on island's podcast feed love so,
1: temptation island uh
3: life is busy but life is good so you can check me out at any of those places once again please 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 leave us a five-star rating and review you can find us at poster recaps.com slash bridgerton uh your reviews and subscriptions at the start of season two will really help new people find the podcast so we really appreciate that but we will be back next time to talk about the season finale of season one of Bridgerton. after the rain so we'll see you then
0: Ah. it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com.
4: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited
0: by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine. But he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
4: A laundry? <gasps> Ooh, a book club. <sighs>
2: computer solitaire
0: huh Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary over by law 18 plus and conditions apply see website for details okay round two name something that's not boring